0: There hasn't made any great advances in prison rape or space travel.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Father, of the the Holy Tice. <laughs> Hello and welcome to FoFop. I'm Will Anderson and uh, guest, Charlie Clawson. Justin Hamilton is here. Hello, Justin. Hello. What a great day we have uh,
1: already had. And what? it shows uh, that we are uh, getting older. That we got up this morning and yep. took the dog for an hour and a half walk. That's true. <laughs>
0: Just <laughs> from just two gay gentlemen walking their French bulldog. Yeah, wearing wearing hats and T-shirts. I mean, it really was that sort of thing, though, wasn't it? I mean, it, to anyone else, we would have looked like a yep. couple walking down the street, walking our dog on a Sunday morning. Yeah, down to the local beach. Well, it's not
1: like it's weird. Like the dog's name's Ramona. Yeah, there's nothing gay about that. No, it's
0: fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and 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 you are also uh, we would be a gay couple, and you're
0: also a big fan of tofop because you're wearing a tofop T-shirt. Right. Yeah, that's true. I was wearing. <laughs> Branding. I was hoping just on the way people would be. Oh, exciting news, Justin. Yes. So last episode, a little bonus episode, I put up just backstage with Tom Bellar before my Goodwill uh, shows yep. at the Sutherland Entertainment Center the, the last night. Uh, we asked the question to the audience: uh, If you type in T O F O yes uh, into Google, what comes up first? Russell Crowe band, which this uh, the name of this podcast is based on. Yep. Or the name of this podcast. Name of this podcast Take that, Russell of Really? Band. Yeah, now more popular than the original
1: Wow, that's yeah. fantastic when, when was the last time that happened? Like, do you know what I mean? In popular culture When was the last time The uh, the reimagining was more
0: popular? I imagine, like probably on the internet There's some parody versions of songs and stuff That yep. have been bigger than the original song
1: Yeah Man, it must have been tight between Beat It and Eat It <laughs> 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 That was a pretty popular parody <laughs> That would have been neck and neck. It just I would reckon. have been
0: that moment when beat it and eat it are out in the charts at the same time. <laughs> and then like imagine if Eat It like is more popular. Yeah. Michael Jackson sitting at home going, Maybe we should do that version Yeah. Like at concerts. Or Michael Jackson could start with Beat It and yeah. like come out and do an encore and close with Eat It. Yeah. Can you imagine? That uh, that this is honestly the first time that I can
1: honestly say I'm devastated that he's dead. Because that right. would have been amazing.
0: Can you imagine if on that last tour he was gonna do before yeah. you know his doctor killed him allegedly? Yeah, uh, allegedly. He was working on the idea that um he would his final set would be him just doing all the weird versions of his songs. Yeah, in a fat suit. But really seriously. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, really working oh, yeah, out the choreography and stuff. Like Not
1: in a fat suit, but just doing it seriously. Yeah, doing with-
0: it seriously, but with the lyrics. Oh my God. It'd be the greatest concert ever.
1: Oh, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. It would be, uh, I would say, Chris Franklin's Bloke is probably uh, better known than Bitch. In Australia,
0: it would have. In Australia. I bet it got more YouTube hits in Australia. Yeah. I, I can't remember any of the lyrics from, uh, from Bitch, but I can remember, uh, I'm, I'm a, bloke, a bloke, I'm a yobbo, and my best friend's name is Robbo. Yeah,
1: I can remember, I'm a bloke, I'm a knocker, and I really like your knockers. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know one of the uh, This is uh, one of the rare Disappointing moments that we've had on stage together That uh, when we were at the shelf And we both uh, launched into Kevin Bloody Wilson's Do you fuck on first date Show yeah. up, up, up. And I just felt like the audience didn't know how to take it <laughs> And
0: I was like Aren't you enjoying that we're it's doing It's Kevin Bloody Wilson And it's us Doing it. Right. Seriously. I think I would enjoy Kevin Buddy Wilson doing it. I would too. Ironically. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, in that way that most things that you enjoy ironically, yeah. you've got to actually admit to yourself that you also like at least a little bit seriously. Yes. Because you can't actually love something ironically. You can't put your fucking Justin Timberlake or your Sync or whatever it is, your Backstreet... You know what? At the end of this is the end. Since I saw this is the end and the final scene uh, has the Backstreet Boys in it, yeah, I have like occasionally popped on that song and pumped it up in the car and just kind of had a laugh and a fun. But it means I've got to at least partly like that song. Yeah, I'm gonna. I sa- can't just be enjoying it ironically. No, I must actually be happy that the Backstreet are back. Yes, <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna I'll th- ask you their rhetorical
1: question. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna throw this out there. I quite like Barry Manilow. <laughs> Right. And it's always been about the irony. You could be a -a Fanalo. That's
0: what they call his fans, Fanalos.
1: I know. I I would be, I've seen him live. I went and saw him with my mum, and to get right into the spirit, I wore a a shirt with a jumper over the top. Right. (laughs) For our American listeners, a sweater. And (laughs) I looked very conservative. And uh, mum and I went, and people were turning out, oh, it's so good to see a a mother and son coming out and enjoying some good pop music. Like, people were really into it. And this was when I was in the Buntu Boys, and I went up to the stage, and people were asking for autographs, and I took my autograph up and gave it to him.
0: And I, but I autograph. So basically, all they saw, the audience saw, was a man at a concert with his mum, a Barry Manilow concert with his mum. Go so up to Barry Manilow and hand him his phone number. That's yes. what people saw. But, Fitting with the gay thing, right.
1: <laughs> of course. That's why he's, he's here with his up, mum. Spotted walking a French bulldog, yeah, around Sydney Harbour. He's now one hundred percent Manilow. Yeah. But, you know, like, if I'm really honest about it, I reckon Mandy's a fucking cracking song. I think Let's Hang On is is awesome. And I, I have watched it on uh, numerous
0: occasions with no one around and thought that was good. I must admit that, like, you know, if there's a Hits and Memories, like, a station on, you know, in a cab or something, mm-hmm. I am much, like, particularly if it's, like, a cab driver, you feel like he had this radio station on and it's his music. Mm-hmm. I kind of leave it sometimes now. And I'll find myself just going... You know what? Fucking Phil Collins did have some interest. There.
1: I, <laughs> like. I'm going to back you with that. Right. I reckon Studio" <laughs> is a great song. Uh, right. I can hear it in the air tonight. In the air tonight. has a fucking- Like, it's haunting. I'll, I'll say it's this. It's haunting. It's got a great drum solo. <laughs> <laughs> Against all odds. Like, <laughs> <apocalypse>. <laughs> fucking hell. That is a great song. And not only do I love it, I can picture a young <laughs> hunky Jeff Bridges romancing <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian Brown's Mrs. <laughs> But you know you know what I've suddenly been getting, like, I'm 41 now, yeah. and uh, the nostalgia button has genuinely been pushed, and I, I have become obsessed with, uh, and it happened one night because I was a bit ripped by myself, and uh, when I say ripped, well, I was working out. Yeah,
0: and had some protein powder, did some sit-ups. Yeah, just- and the, just, some squats. Just did some squats. Just did some squats. <laughs> just did some squats. Just, just, hung upside down from your door. Yeah. You got a door, you got a gym. Yeah. <laughs> that's Justin's motto. Yeah. For this year. That's, uh, that's i been got my- a door. I got a gym. That's been my whole thing, and you uh, can see it. And that's what I am in like in my house. I took that ad very uh, personally when he said, "You've got a door, you've got a gym?" so, you- so now I don't go through any of my doors. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say you don't have any yep. doors here. <laughs> I, pay, <laughs> I pay 200 dollars a year for those doors, and then I don't go through any of them. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but I uh, I was watching uh, '80s film clips. And there has brought uh, a a genuine love. I've never really been one to look back at the 80s and go, oh, wow, how amazing. But I've got a genuine love for it now for a number of reasons. One is everyone suddenly went, we can just tell a story with a film clip. Right. And sometimes you're watching a film clip and you're thinking, there is a lot happening before anyone decides to sing. Right. But everyone just went, we can tell stories. And they started telling stories. Secondly, man, so
0: many people are really unattractive.
1: Like, that was oh, a great yeah. time to be a pop star. I know, oh, you
0: could just be like a 40 year old ugly man with and a cr- be a pop star.
1: Yeah, put on a-, a pink shirt and have a haircut that moves to the left and you're a fucking star.
0: It was ridiculous.
1: It was amazing. It- and they were also futuristic, you know. But this is what I love the most about it. Is you look back on it And there was a genuine feeling That we could change things Like you know Like we could actually make <laughs> Before a Before we realised we couldn't Right And gave up trying Exactly Yay, welcome, world. <laughs> welcome to grunge But that is right. But you know Like I would watch Boy George And I would see him At the top of the charts And I would think Man this is just Stamping out homophobia Right Then no one's going to be ho- I reckon by 87 We won't even
0: know What the word homophobia means Right it was a time where various groups of rock stars thought if they got together and sang a song, yep. that it'd fix him. It. Yes. Doesn't. No. Doesn't fix anything. They're still hungry in Africa. Yeah. They but- still don't know it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why are you mocking our cultural insensitivities? Some of us don't even believe in Jesus. <laughs> like the,
1: it's actually worse now because they've got YouTube.
0: And Africa is like a con- collection of nations. Some of them are more aware of it than the others.
1: Yeah. It's so awkward in hindsight. Come on,
0: guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is terrible. But then, uh, so you look back at that early 80s stuff and there is a, 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 and everyone does kind of, everyone kind of, remember in documentaries from the 60s or 70s and they'll be saying, in the future you'll have hovercrafts. And 80s pop
0: music is like, in the future we'll all be dressed like this. And no one is. Right. That's true. (laughs) There is a lot of predicting what would happen. Yeah. And the only people who are dressing like that are like Lady Gaga. Yes. Now.
1: That, that would be it, and uh, and 80s cover bands. Right. And even then, I reckon they toned it down. I reckon there's less taffeta.
0: Do you know what I mean? They don't go the full taffeta. I mean, there was a lot more puffy shirt. Yep. Like, there was a puffy shirt time.
1: Yeah. Smoke machines were getting Smoke a lot of work. Smoke machines were getting
0: so much. Just mirrors. People fucking oh, dug mirrors. fuck, mate. Like, and it, was, I- it was a glory time for the mirror industry. It was great. People don't know that. There was a time where the mirror industry was so close to showbiz. Yeah. Like, if you were a guy, you were just a lowly guy working in a mirror shop. Yeah. You know, reflecting on your life. Come on, here or here day. it goes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> taking a good hard look at yourself. Yeah. And then one day, you're fucking in show business. You're meeting yeah. Peter Gabriel. I mean... You're
1: walking into a club and getting uh, as big a cheer as Peter Gabriel. Right. I'm right. here
0: with I'm here with Flock of Seagulls.
1: Yes. Like, you know... That's what I was thinking of, man. Like, I don't want to be cruel about the potentially dead, but that, that is that is a rough head. You yeah. know, and he was a big star. Big star. And I love that. Do you know what I mean? Like, terrible teeth. So many people had terrible teeth. I saw the film <laughs> clip for Human League and they were beautiful. Like, Human League were beautiful right? then. And, <laughs> and when you look now, you go, this, this no, this is this is not happening.
0: Like, what is going on? But I did think they were beautiful. Your attitude seems to be, uh, and you've talked about this a little bit in your podcast recently, that you've kind of taken a bit of sabbatical from – like you know, not enjoying things—is that right? Like, I mean, you try to be positive about things and really yeah. like things. Is that am I accurate in saying that?
1: Yeah, I'm kind of. Uh, I'm. I am. I'm, I'm sick of being a, a postmodern dude, chockers full of irony. Right. So I've I've taken an irony bypass, and I'm post postmodern, and I just and like I'm just enjoying things for what they are, and and
0: not not having an excuse for not enjoying. because not being mean is a revolutionary position at the moment. Because everyone's so mean, not like the internet culture, right. the complaint culture, the yep. negativity, and don't get me wrong, like I feel like because I remember when I was first on Twitter, you know, when I had ten thousand followers on Twitter, and I went to the logies and I live tweeted the logies, and yep. you know, and it was nasty. I was being nasty to people and the event and all that sort of thing. In
1: your defence, it is the only time I've been interested in the logies.
0: So you had one person pull well, over. Well, I would argue that that's a case where you're attacking up. It's yes. a big showbiz night of nights. That's the sort of thing that you should be. Higher but even status. these days, I won't tweet the logies or anything because it's just become so boring for everyone to be like back then. No one was really being negative, like you no. know. So I thought it was a funny thing to do, take yeah. the piss out of an event I was actually at. you know. Yeah.
1: But also, uh, Bowie didn't go back to glam. Do you know what I'm saying? You got out at the right time. You did. You did your. You did your two years of live tweeting
0: uh, the logies, and now it's time to move on to something else. But I feel a bit hypocritical when I say this. But the culture, like, of it, just the culture of complete everything shit. Yeah, is one of those things. And like, you know, I mean, I did a whole fucking podcast about Superman and how I didn't like that. Yeah, but you know, it's one of those things where I I just kind of feel like. It's revolutionary to be positive at the moment. The the most dangerous thing you
1: can say on social media is that you love something unconditionally. Right. And because what it does, because people don't realize that (laughs) saying that you love something doesn't give people permission to tell you that you're wrong. Like if you say, I love my wife, that does not give someone permission to say, yeah, but what the fuck is going on with that mole on her lip? Right. You know?
0: And, And that mole is actually another lady. Yeah. There's literally a, just a really nasty lady on her lip. Yeah, it's horrific. Oh, you've got to get her off, mate. Oh, my <laughs> like God. Wife. You can't go in public like that. She won't even let me in my wife. Right. <laughs> Not with those shoes. <laughs> no, but the, the, I mean, there's a very famous quote about you have to respect a man's religion as much as you respect the idea that his you know, children are beautiful or that his yeah. wife's attract. Like, I mean, it's an idea of, you know, like you should be reasonably, you don't have to just go out and go, no, you're, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, like you're going to say, it's fine to not like things, and it's great to not like things, and it's great to—it's important, but it doesn't mean that like everybody else has to, you know, have the same opinion as you. This this world that we live in now, where everyone's—I don't want everyone to have the same opinion. Don't you understand how crowded it will be at shit you like? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've I've found it. Uh, you know, something that uh, there's a saying. That is, uh, if you didn't believe in communism in your 20s, you had no heart. And if you still believe in communism in your 40s, you're an idiot. Yeah, And uh, I kind of feel that way with, you know, I think when you're young, I, I think hating stuff is kind of a part of growing up. It's Defining yourself. Defining yourself. Because there's a
0: point in your life, and we were actually talking about this in relation to something else just before on our walk. Yeah, uh, About the idea of... With Ramona. <laughs> Non-gauge walk. <laughs> <laughs> that when you're, uh, when, that when you're uh, young... You often define yourself by what you're not. Yes. Because you're not confident enough to say who you are yet. Yeah. You don't know yourself yet. So the easiest way to define yourself, and that's where bullying and people having cliques and all those things come from. Yeah. Someone going, I'm defining who I am by attacking someone else. Right. But hopefully you grow out of that. Yeah, and you start to define yourself by who you are, and be comfortable with who you are, yeah. and not have to attack other people who just don't agree with you. Yes, about something like you can disagree. Yeah, and if you want to discuss about the reasons you disagree, discuss them. But if you don't want to, you don't have to either. But that's the, the problem. Is is the art of conversation has been reduced to barbs.
1: So the the art of conversation is is struggling because uh, and and I I love so much stuff about social media I think there's a lot of good stuff about it but
0: brilliant. S- but what? like my like I mean well this is social media yeah right like the the people who listen to this podcast I've never enjoyed making stuff for people more yeah. and the way that they've responded and supported it it's it's brilliant yeah so like this is the best of it Yes, like I love this, yeah, you know, because of social media. I love Twitter. People, you know, flick my stuff around the internet. People have been making gifs of my work and putting it on Tumblr. I love that shit. It's yeah.
1: brilliant. Yep, but the 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 downside is like once upon a time, hanging out with your mates. If you if you if if your mate said something that was a bit of a corny joke, right. You'd give it a bit. Ah, oh, your Wally. Ah, oh, you dickhead!
0: And like, I'm tr- not sure that anyone would ever say Wally. Oh,
1: I'm going Did you live school.
0: in the 1940s?
1: Uh, no, I reckon. I reckon early 80s in. Someone in said Wally in the burbs? Really? Yeah, I used to play basketball, and I'd go out and play in Forestville or. Uh, or and someone no would call you Wally. Someone would call you Wally? Oh, get out of here, you Wally! Yeah, exactly. Really, they yeah. were they were
0: nicer times. They were nicer times, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 these say somebody would be like, "That bloke's a Wally." Which one's the Wally? Oh, that cunt! Yeah, <laughs> oh, Wally Masua. But the
1: <laughs> sorry <Wally Masseur. laughs> little tennis reference for the fans. But the now, uh, you know, anyone can call you a dickhead that's never met you. It's true at, at any point. And so, so like a, a good friend of ours, Limo wrote a, a pretty funny joke on Twitter, but it was. Oh, you dickhead. It was that kind of response, but it right. made me laugh. And I was going to write that to him, and I thought, you know what? I can't write that to him because that's going to give a whole lot of assholes permission to get stuck into our friend. And do you know what I mean? So that's so people are just You a don't want assholes joining in on your dickhead. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you make that mistake once. Yeah, exactly. But so we've kind of lost that. So therefore everyone's a little bit tentative about saying what they like and what they don't like. And so it all becomes a it becomes a thing. You know, it's like I probably talked up my love of Man of Steel more because I was copying so many uh, people telling me that I was wrong. Right. And uh, But I really, like, I was really into it. I, I thought, I didn't think it was flawless, but I also really enjoyed it because I saw it with my mum in LA on the Warner Brothers lot with Leonard Moulton sitting in front of me. So exactly. It was, a, it was
0: a real event. If for everybody me. else had seen it with your mum on the Warner Brothers lot with Leonard Moulton there, Yes. They would have enjoyed it as much as you had. Without a doubt. That was the only way you could enjoy it as much as you did. (laughs) See? (laughs) Here we go. But but I think uh, what I'm
1: trying to do is make sure that I'm – Because of uh, performing and social media and that, what I'm trying to do is be less extreme with my views and introducing
0: some shades of grey. No, and look, you know what? It's nice to be able to like something as well. Yeah. Like, I I was interested in with the Breaking Bad finale, and look, I'm I'm not intentionally going to do spoilers, but don't get me fucking started again on my rant about, like, how long you have to...
1: Check into the Will, Rove and Justin podcast to hear about spoilers. Which will probably go up after this, but... (laughs) So hang in there. <laughs> a little uh, bit of forward selling. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can take a, the guy out of the radio station.
0: But um, so, my attitude was, uh, so Dame, uh, Damon Lindelof, who was asked a lot about, because there was a lot of articles in the lead up to the Breaking Bad yeah. finale, which I loved, by the way. Yes. I thought it was fantastic. Yes. And I enjoyed loving it. Yes. I enjoyed not sitting there and going. And look, you know, there were things that people have brought up that I can see why they thought that. Sure. And I was just like, yeah, okay, no, I get that. But it was everything that I needed it to be. Yeah. Like I was, it was like, I'm really happy with this ending. Yes. And sometimes I've thought things have been great endings and I, it hasn't necessarily been the ending I wanted, but I've still thought they were great endings. Right. Like I thought the ending of The Shield wasn't what, you know, in when I was imagining what the ending of The Shield would be. Right. I can't remember what I imagined it would be, but I know it wasn't what it was. And I thought their ending was fantastic. Like, it's It's one one of the the best endings ever in a TV series.
1: You know what? They went a bit T.S. Eliot with it. Do you know what I mean? Everything ends with a whimper, you know? And uh, you expected a bang. Yeah. And that's what was
0: brilliant about it. Right. And I thought it really worked. It just wasn't what I wanted. Yeah. And I can understand how people might have wanted something else from Breaking Bad. Yeah. But for what I wanted out of that show... It gave me everything that I needed and was fantastic. Yes. And you know what? If you love something
1: and someone didn't love something, the person who loved it won. Right. You know?
0: Like, you can hate Man of Steel, but I won. Oh, yeah, no doubt. brought me a lot of joy. Oh, no, no. And this is the thing that pissed me off so much about that movie was I wanted to like it. You wanted to love it. Yeah, yes. (laughs) And there was enough things in it that almost got me to like it. Close. It was just the shit that I didn't like that, like, you know. Yeah. It spoiled it so much for me. I think that's why my frustration with that film was. Yeah. Was like, this could have been really good. Yeah. Like, it's not like you've made a terrible, terrible movie. No. It's just like there's a few things that if you'd just done this and you'd just done this, I think this would have been. And that's, that's what frustrated me about it. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. The person who enjoys it. Yeah that that's what it's meant to be. Yeah, it's like it's me- meant to be, you know, someone making something and the other person enjoying it. Yeah. That's actually just all it's meant to be. Yeah. The artist is trying to connect with an audience who really loves what it is that they're doing. Right. And you're lucky enough if sometimes you're the audience to a great artist and they're making the sort of shit that you'd like. Yeah. But that's just luck. Yes. It's not like a restaurant where you can go in and just go, I want a bit of this and I want a bit of that. That's what focus group stuff is. That's those movies you see that are made by committees. That's those TV shows where they go, oh, well, we'll just get this and we'll get that and we'll get that because that's what market research tells us and they're shit. They're so bland. Just let an artist be an artist and find artists that you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, not everyone, everyone has to
0: be like you or what you like. Just find the ones that you like.
1: Yeah, and that's a good thing. You know, it's uh, can can you with Man of Steel do what I did with Prometheus, where I refused to not love it? No,
0: <laughs> no, no. The moral. <laughs>
1: Because, you know, like a, you know, my, my theory yeah. on Prometheus is it is all the ingredients of that cake and yeah. they, they, they just didn't quite cook it, but I'm still going to eat most of it.
0: No, because <laughs> for me, and I agree with what you're saying with Prometheus, Yeah, right? Yeah, But for me, like with um, Man of Steel, it's yeah. like someone got all the ingredients of the cake yeah. and then they stuck their dick in the cake. <laughs> they fucked the cake oh and came no. in the cake. They oh. put super jizz in the cake. What? Hang on, is this icing? No, it's super jizz. <laughs> we What is this <laughs> hole in this cake? It's a giant from the man of steel's man of steel yeah. cock where he yeah. fucked this cake. Yeah, and uh, now you have to eat the fucked cake
1: on our planet. This cock means jizz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was? Uh, I, I, I'm, I know you've talked about it. That's a all right. Lot, we can talk about it again, but. Uh, what what was the main thing that upset you? Was it was it one main the lack thing? of heart? Right,
0: uh, for me,
1: got a bit cold, didn't it? Yeah.
0: yeah, and for me, there was a couple of real big flaws. One was the yeah, the one that's been explored a myriad of times, which is the carnage, right? Like you know the the human cost and the like physical cost of what would have happened. Yes, uh, but my point is, I'm not saying that that couldn't have happened. No, I'm saying that there should have been one. Again, this is my thing that I said. If they had just had one or two scenes where he was really trying to get the fight away from the city. I agree. Right, you know? I agree, I, I because totally that's agree with that. Because at the very heart to me of what I think about Superman is yep. the time. Superman to me, it's never that he's impervious because the thing that, okay, so this is, if I, what I want out of a superhero story, a Superman story, yes. and this is the first starting point. Yes. We've got to admit that maybe what I want out of the super, Superman story is not what everyone else wants, right? Yep. Here's what I want. Here's how it, I. This is my insight into the Superman. Everyone's always like, "Well, the only thing that can get, get him is kryptonite," and kryptonite is boring. Yeah, like you know, you don't want. That was a good uh, call. Not having right? kryptonite. In don't the movie. have kryptonite. But it, it. But you've got to have a kryptonite for Superman. Right.
1: What is his kryptonite? It's it's he's a he's a moral man, and you put him in a situation where he has to make decisions.
0: Right, and he has. But in traditionally, for me, is it's those moments where. He loses a fight or he starts losing the fight because he has to make a decision to save some humans. You know, the, yeah, well, the plane's yeah. falling out of the sky and he has to grab it Right, and then the other person gets the advantage on him, on him again.
1: Christopher Reeves, uh, Superman. Uh, you have two missiles
0: going in two different directions.
1: Right, that's great because right. he has to make a decision on
0: which one he stops. And through. in this story that they did in this Superman movie, there could have been a million. There was a million opportunities where just with a couple more things, yeah. then you'd be like, then all the carnage and stuff actually has a real. Cost to it, and then that scene at the end, yeah. Uh, you know, and look at anyone who's like, you know, but you know, when he has to kind of kill Zod right yep. to stop the waste, that would have meant something, yeah, because he had tried so hard to save people. But in something where he hadn't tried that hard to save people, well, or it, at least they hadn't shown that. Well, yes, I uh, because you know, one of there's, and this is, and
1: I agree with totally with this, uh, because in the first fight scene with the soldiers. There's a bit where he catches one of the soldiers and takes a moment to say, "Are you okay?" Yeah, and then gets hit. Yeah, right. And that's and so and I can even picture. See, I quite. I'll explain what I loved about it uh, with that ending, but I do see this as a flaw. I'm going to agree totally. There's that bit where the petrol tanker explodes and he's standing there watching it. He should be covering some people. Right. That's so. Right. That, that's so it's simple. So simple, and uh, so I. I agree.
0: It's a massive flaw in either the director or the storytelling because yep. it was so simple. Yes, it's literally two more, like ninety seconds more of scenes mm. in that movie, and yep. you could have shown that so fucking easily. Yeah, so easily. You. You could also have.
1: Uh, I would have given it a, another ninety-second scene at the end of uh showing him helping to repair the city. Right? That that would have
0: been a good thing to do as well, I reckon. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, some sort of sense of or some sort of sense of being haunted yes by that. Yes. You know, like or something. The other thing is that I I think they fucked up um uh the Parkant character. Oh, right. Yeah. right. I just think that to get the thing that I want, which is he gets his moral lessons from You know, that's how he learns because otherwise he could be the destroyer of Earth, right? Yeah. This is the whole point. They're sending this super being to Earth and the only reason that he becomes Superman, the moral Superman, is because... His upbringing. Right. The way he's raised. And yet in that film, because like from the preview, it looked like... Because I thought the casting of the film, like the the most outstanding thing about the film is the casting. Without a doubt. I think they just fucking nailed the casting. And I still love Costner without irony. Right. And... That moment where, like, you know, you are my son, like, and his voice right. breaks, you're like, they are going to fucking hit this out of the park. Yes. But then that just, that whole thing of never, t- like, that the whole you've got to hide yourself, I almost get the logic of it.
1: I get the logic of it too. But
0: you've got to also have a moment where, you know, he teaches him that saving people is more important than yes. not. And I don't feel like they did that job. No, no. One of the best characters... In history and that again, so maybe maybe the fact that he didn't try to save people at the end is actually a logical extrapolation out of the fact that he had a shit dad. Yeah. Maybe the whole reason I didn't like the Man of Steel <laughs> <laughs> is that fucking Superman had a bad male role model when he was growing up. Yes. And he didn't learn the how to save people. Yes. How, how the fuck would he? He's meant to be quiet and keep himself silent. Yeah. I blame Kevin Costa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm Will Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, you know the one of the great moments in uh, Morrison's All Star Superman is when uh, uh, the the young Superman's having to deal with a with a threat, and then in the seconds that he's away, his father has a heart attack and yeah. um, dies, and he and he suddenly realises he can't hear his heartbeat anymore and, and he's not going to be quick enough. And, you know, that's a defining moment. It needed something a little bit... And considering they were inspired by All-Star Superman, they needed more of that stuff. Also in All-Star Superman, there's a great moment where uh, he saves the, the young goth girl who's going to commit suicide and, you know, he turns up and says, ah, oh, you, you, you're stronger than you realise. You know, you kind of need a little bit of that to, to kind of get it over the top. This is why I found it fascinating and, and was quite into it. Uh, Superman's been such uh, he's he's at his best has really represented where men are. So when he was first uh, when he was first created, he just used to punch mobsters and people who weren't good to their wives. And yeah. Then he went and he punched Hitler, right? <laughs> yeah. And then in the fifties,
0: didn't kill him though.
1: No. Well, he's he's not he's not he's not that kind of Superman. Like, I'd be happy to kill Zod, but he yeah. won't fucking kill Hitler. Yeah, well, you know, maybe that's it was, Hitler was a vegetarian, so yeah, <laughs> so he he
0: gave him. He thought, well, there's some good in him. Oh no, that was back in the days where you were happy to punch a vegetarian. all
1: right <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, no, that is a fact. Maybe if Zod ate more tofu, he would have given him <laughs> less of a crack, if you know what I mean. Uh, but then you get to the '50s when men were back from war and they didn't know where they really fitted in with uh, everyday society. Superman. And represented those things. You see these stories where he's freaking out because he's looking in the mirror and he's bald. And Lois is walking in. And he's ah. Or there's a there's an issue where he's fat. Or there's an issue where he creates a little Superman out of his hand. Loses his powers. The little Superman goes around doing all this good. He gets jealous of the little fella. Like it's crazy shit, right? That,
0: that is crazy, right? <laughs> I would love if someone like made a little you out of their head. No, I, if that had been the pitch for the new Superman reboot. <laughs> I would have loved that like, too. We've got this great. We found this great issue where Superman makes a little Superman. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's mini me, mini me.
0: <laughs> Vern Troyer is Troy. little Superman. And little soups. <laughs> super fella. <laughs> Look in the air. It's a tiny
1: bird. It's a tiny plane. Oh no, it's little soups. <laughs> it's little soups. I honestly can't see him. Oh no, he's pretty small.
0: Uh- <laughs> so <laughs> he's a tiny man of steel. <laughs> Little suits <laughs> hitting criminals in the shin. Little suits. Ah, oh, little soups. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have this uh, little Clark Kent working here at the, <laughs> the yeah. Daily Planet, though.
1: Yeah, like no one. No you one should
0: can... go out and investigate, Little Superman.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what makes you say that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, no reason. <laughs> Nothing. You're on the right level.
0: I hide. <laughs> Uh, oh man! His X-ray vision—he can see your ankles, yeah. little soups. <laughs>
1: I can see uh, that you're wearing an ankle bracelet. Well done, little soups. <laughs> We're well under the soups. <laughs> uh, then, then you get to the '60s. Things like uh, it starts becoming uh, politically aware. Like there's an issue where Lois Lane lives her life as a black woman. To what? kind of know about prejudice. Oh. And black, so
0: she does blackface.
1: <laughs> she, she, does on, black, she blacks up. And ends up, ends on, up on hey, hey, hey. hey, 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 hey Saturday. Saturday.
0: <laughs> Harry Connick, not amused. <laughs> oh, he's furious. It's gone back in time to punch the writers. So I love that. So Lois, Lois, but that's what she would have done. She did blackface to go undercover. Well, she became actually a black woman. Like an actual black oh, woman. Oh, so Lois Lane was suddenly a black woman? Yes. How did that happen? Oh, uh, you know, oh, no, just in comic ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. She, she didn't become a black woman. No, she was a black like woman. A, well, yeah, okay. But so she was Lois I black. thought for a minute you were like, oh, no, like Superman looked at her one, like, or someone put a spell. Uh, but yeah, she... She, she was she... actually just a black character.
1: No, no, no. She went through a machine. and that made Oh, her no, room. she did. Or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> That's why when you're saying how did it happen, I say, like, I don't know, comics. <laughs> That's my answer to everything, right? So, uh, <laughs> we've lost him. <laughs> there were good times back then. You could just do this kind of thing, right?
0: So, so then... You- I love the idea of her undercover too, Lois line because she's like a... You know, oh, we could reboot that one too. Okay. Yeah. So here's what you do: you cast her as like uh, she goes through machine. Yeah. And she becomes a black woman, but like goes underground, like in the wire. Yes. Do you know what I mean, like you know, fucking work like on the streets and yeah. selling drugs and yeah, you got Lois like smoking crack and yeah. shit, trying and- to
1: take down Stringer Bell. Yeah. Oh, that would be good. Right. I would be- well, you know they're doing the TV series Gotham. Maybe they could do a TV series called Metropolis where she goes, and it's all about oh. her and Jimmy Olsen going undercover. Undercover. Doing a sting. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I would actually watch that. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah. So then 70s, you get Christopher Reeve, and that's uh, that's the Superman who's starting to become uh, in touch with his feelings. Yep. You know? 80s, he's, he's, he's a yuppie. And that's when Lex Luthor goes from being a mad scientist to being
0: a... Uh, You know A a corporate Right Kind of cat It's always about Property development Right Superman Kevin Smith always says That (laughs) every Superman story Essentially comes down To real estate in the end
1: Yeah yeah. like Superman returns Let's get rid of this real estate Uh, Terrible climax Yeah (laughs) (laughs) Then the 90s Was all about You know You you think about it It's the death of Superman He comes back He's got a fucking mullet You know uh, you know, that, that pre-millennial angst we were leading towards. Then then we get to the 2000s, and this is why I found it fascinating, long preamble, kids. The This is where Superman Returns failed because they tried to make a Christopher Reeve Superman and no one relates to that cat because we're, right. not, we're not those We've people. We've moved on. Right. Yeah. But this is what I found fascinating about this movie, and this is where the comics are failing, and this is why comics people are freaking out about it because Man still represents where american men are at this point in time and they are they are scarred by september 11 they are scarred by something that looked completely fictional was realistic and they're still trying to work their ways through it and the superman who did all of those kinds of that guy doesn't exist this is the dude and that's why i think it did kind of you know connect with lots of people and i found it I found it fascinating i was I was quite uh I think, overwhelmed
0: if, by. I think if that's what you're trying to say, then I think that they missed a the massive opportunity with those final scenes set in Metropolis, which is like you know a city that's meant to represent you know the greatest city <clears throat> going around yeah I thought it was I thought they went too close to the 9 11 carnage without any of the 9/ 11 weight. Right. like I think that either go one or the other. Yep. Either show wanton destruction and show his inability, even Superman's inability to deal with people who don't care about who they kill. Yeah. So, like to use another example, and this is a movie that's not even a superhero movie, but it's one of the most the greatest things about uh, *In the Line of Fire*. Right. Right. Yep. Is that line about anyone can take the life of the president? if they're willing to exchange their own life. I right. know that's not the exact line, but that's the yeah. the gist, right? Yeah. And it's such a powerful idea. If you're willing to get killed yourself, you can kill the president. There's nothing that they can do about it. Well, there's not nothing they can do about no, it. No, but- You've got to think it through. Yeah. You've you, got to learn how to make wooden bullets and yeah. make elaborate plans you and creepy late that. night phone calls. You can't it, just go- Yeah, but. But the truth of it is that if you are willing to take that risk, you can do it. Yeah. And I think from a terrorism level, if you're going to, you know, if you wanted to represent that, yeah, like if you wanted to go, okay, we're going to like sort of, you know, be reflecting on the idea that if these people just don't care about, you know, people dying, yeah, then you can't, there's just not one man, even Superman yeah, can't stop all that. Yeah. I think that would be a powerful idea. Yeah. And I think that what you've read into that is you being – Generous and smart to ideas they touched on and didn't properly explore. And I, I don't even disagree with you saying that. <laughs> like, I, 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 I
1: think it could have been better. Yeah. You know, and also. Look, I, I have a soft spot for Zack Snyder because I interviewed him and he was very nice and I also uh, I also know that he's a big Alan Moore fan and many people wouldn't have read this comic but it's coming out soon. Uh, Alan Moore's Miracle Man, uh, the way that finishes, it, it, it was a big influence on it so I was also bringing that to the table as well. But I, I wonder with this next movie if they will retrospectively make some of that stuff palatable. Well, I hope they do. Yes. After listening to
0: this podcast. They should listen I, to us. We can bring them back. If you guys could just send this to Zack Snyder beforehand. Tell, and us just it, go, tell him it's his old mate Hammo. It's his old mate Hammo. Who backed Watchmen. Who's been sticking up for his fucking film. I have. Right, you know. Came into here to yep. a, an openly hostile environment about this film. The door's closed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I agree with you. I mean, I think that, like, it doesn't... It's not like they won't have an opportunity to do a better job next time around, and I hope that they do. Yeah. And I think that you can. I mean, this is, again, to go back to Breaking Bad, you know, Vince uh, Gilligan Gilligan.
1: uh,
0: has um, admitted several times that they retrospectively... ...create mythology in that show. It was fascinating, wasn't it? Right. Fascinating. You know, like something happens and then you look back... ...you're writing a new story and you look back at something... ...you can link through or make it yeah. a thing or... Yeah. Uh, ...as on your podcast, admitting that like the... uh, You know, when you... T- when, uh, he, well, oh, I, I won't give too much away but... Yeah. ...he takes off a watch and the reason he takes off the watch... It, ...was continuity. Yeah. But then they built it in the mythology and made it mean something. Yeah. But, you know, you can do those sort of things and you can certainly not have set something up in the first thing on purpose yep. and make it right by in the second one like for example if the the second one starts with the idea that Superman has been haunted by the idea of the people who died and the destruction yep. that was caused and blah 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 but my problem with that thing is that I mean and they could still do it yeah but I just didn't like how cheerful and whatever he was at the end of fucking the first Superman film yeah. like it would have been nice if instead of... The last scene being him also destroying ten million dollars worth of more technology yep. that the American taxpayers have to pay for. Yeah, he yeah there'd been some reference to the fact that he wasn't destroying things anymore. Yes, or something you know like I or agree. he brought the drone down. Yeah, and just taken the engine out or something to prove that like. You know, this is not me. I'm not that guy. Yes. But instead, he just rubs in the face of the fact that he destroyed the biggest city. <laughs> oh, by the way, smash that taxpayers. Ten million for you, <laughs> right? And guess what? I'm kinda hot. Yeah. <laughs> I just so there was, know, yeah. you know, there wasn't yeah. that thing there. Yeah. If there had been, oh it wasn't probably the appropriate place for it in that movie. No. And they can bring it up anyway. Like it's a fucking superhero yeah. movie. They can do whatever they want to do. But. It didn't feel like they were doing that on purpose. Yes. They might get it right in the second one, but they didn't feel like they were doing it on purpose. No. In that one. Uh,
1: I also liked uh, the epicness of it. I wasn't really a big... Uh, like I, It was a widescreen movie for me. Yep. And uh, and I think that's right because Marvel likes to make it small. Even their shots are small, but the characters are small. They're, they're very flawed kind of characters. And I like that uh, DC are bigger characters and they're more... Um, There's more myth to them. So it felt like it was an appropriately big movie while I was watching it. So I didn't think there was enough humor.
0: I, yeah, I, yeah, that's fair enough. You know, and again, it's like what I'm saying is it literally, you know, if you had four more good jokes. Yeah. Because the moments like that scene where she's like, I think he's kind of hot or the, or the, the the nice suits on or the, the truck kind of bothered me a bit because I was too like, much? it doesn't work for what you're saying about this character. Yeah. It's a great scene. Yeah. It visually looks fantastic. Yeah. But it does not work for everything you've told me so far about this character. You keep a low profile. You mean that this he was willing to let his dad die yeah. to keep a low profile, yeah. but he's not willing to do to like not do origami with a truck because some dude pissed him off in a bar. Yeah. Hey, I, he had beer poured on him. Well, I'd be pissed off too. Right. Willing to see his dad fucking die, yeah. But he's like, if someone pours a beer on him, he will fucking origami the see, shit out of his truck.
1: I could relate to that, but I don't know my dad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm coming at it from a very different Good angle. Point. That is pretty much like when you get angry and try to smash a printer. You probably
1: you try to do that
0: with your printer.
1: Oh, by the way, everyone who <laughs> sends me photos of Smash Printers, I fucking appreciate it. I, l- I love it. People send me photos of Smash Printers on Twitter and they say, has Hammo been here? And I sometimes wonder if I have.
0: <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> the uh,
1: The end of Breaking Bad, which I won't give away, but the ending of Breaking Bad, there was something very smart with Gilligan and his team and
0: I think they have learned the lesson. And here's the weird thing about Gilligan and his team. Um one of the dudes is a millionaire, but his wife also works on the show. Then there's the skipper. <laughs> there's a professor yeah, yeah, in the room. Yeah, they need yeah, a professor because yeah. of the science stuff.
1: Yeah, they wrote most of the episodes with coconuts. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole show started as a three-hour cruise. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, exactly. But,
1: yeah. Then they had to change course because they realized they were rewriting Lost. But the... Uh, um, the, 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 they they learnt the lessons of those guys uh, and uh, I, I liked that they were very honest about when they started the first episode. And okay, he's putting a gun into a trunk.
0: Right. Okay, we'll work out what that means. There was certainly a sense of that they... You know what, that was... I, I liked a couple of things about that because I thought formatically, and again, we're, we're, that, we're, I, I'll try not to give any spoilers here. We're only going to talk really vaguely about Vagely, this. But yeah. again, if you're really into Breaking Bad and you haven't seen the Breaking Bad finale yet, you're not really into Breaking Bad. You're not that
1: into it. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're waiting for a loved one who's in Alaska working or the Antarctic. No.
0: You know what? I haven't finished The Sopranos, and I know how it finishes. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. I just didn't get around to it in the time where I was allowed not to know how it finished. Yeah. It's fine. You made your decision. I cared about other shows a lot. Lost, I avoided the internet for 24 hours. Breaking Bad, I avoided the internet for 24 hours until I'd seen it all. Yeah. We know our responsibilities, people. Yes. The world doesn't have to fucking operate around you. Yeah. That's not how it works. Exactly. You sometimes have to operate around the rest of the world. And that's a little tasty tidbit from the next
1: podcast with
0: Rove. (laughs) (laughs) I'll expand on these thoughts next episode. (laughs) Another forward tease. (laughs) Uh, But it was them saying, we know where we're going. Yeah. It was them. So... In the first series, the format of the show was very sort of at the start, you would see what was going to happen at the end, episode to episode. That happened. And then they went away from that. I think end of series three, was it when they started telling like longer form? Anyway, they brought that back, but over a whole series. Yeah. So it was a return to the format. The show had been a little bit earlier as well. So it was a nod to their own structure within what they were doing, which I thought was very clever, but not... Having to repeat the same structure, it was an advancement on their structure, which yeah. I thought was really cool.
1: Oh, it was so clever, and it was a very good show at course correcting its mistakes. Right, so you know because it made some mistakes.
0: It made some mistakes. That's that- the thing about Breaking Bad is that you look back. There's some terrible episodes of Breaking Bad, and they made some terrible decisions. But the show is fucking fantastic. I I wouldn't say terrible, but no, not not, couple, not as good. There's a couple of bad decisions, I reckon. Well,
1: you know, like uh, early on, uh, Marie being a kleptomaniac, right? Like, you know, no. we've already seen it a lot, and By it Mate. also
0: just. Made no sense. Just, it never became part of a character. It was, uh, it was a it bad was, choice.
1: It was a lazy way to try and bring something to the character. Right. So they course corrected that. The start of the third season, the twins were going to be the big bad, yep. and then halfway through, they just went, "This isn't working." No, got rid of them, and that bought the great uh, villain in Gus Fring.
0: Right. You exactly. know. Exactly.
1: So it's a uh, it's, it's a really good lesson for uh, for making. Jesse something. was going to die in the first series. He's going like- to die. And, you know, uh, then they realised he was the soul of the right. story. Yeah, th- that was more down to the writer's strike, stopping them at a very good point. <laughs> but then, you know, when you, uh,
0: you know, that... I still think the plane crash probably, you know... A bit know, too much. It's a bit too much. Yeah. Like, I didn't mind that storyline. No. And I almost bought it. But I didn't quite buy it. Maybe if they had... It was ha- great for the visual at the start of the series.
1: Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. It was fantastic. Right. And it, lo- it looked amazing. Maybe if they hadn't had a drink together. Right. Oh, no? Yeah. no, I felt... I- I'll buy into coincidence. Particularly
0: because it was so convenient, that scene. I watched yes. that episode again just the other night, which why was- why well, it's top of mind. It was just... On- right. And it was that. And they're literally having a drink together basically, you know, before it all fucking happens yeah. and after. Like, it's it's too convenient. But that said, I'm talking about a show that is one of my favourite shows of all time. Right. My point is, the reason I'm saying this is, it's great to know that, like, everything makes mistakes and you can fix up mistakes. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you can fix them up really well. So, which brings This me is back- actually the third time we've recorded this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> which brings me back to the idea of uh, Damon Lindelof. Yes. So... Damon Lindelof was interviewed a lot about endings of shows during this period of time. He was, and a lot of the time he got a hard time. Can I? I just, just
1: in case anyone doesn't know, I fucking love that guy. Yeah, I so reckon he's awesome.
0: Damon Lindelof uh, was, well, you know, Lost was his, his show, and he's the one that most people blame for if they don't like the ending of Lost. Yeah. He seems to get the blame, he gets which like- also because of the Prometheus thing, and then he
1: gets eighty percent, and Cuse
0: gets about twenty percent, right? And because Damon Lindelof's a little bit more of a public profile character and has a know- really good
1: sense of humor about yeah. himself, and we- and will cop the barbs.
0: But this is the interesting thing: he coped the barbs, and he played with the barbs, and he embraced the barbs. And then when the final episode of Breaking Bad came out, he drew a line in the sand, and I thought that was very interesting, yes. and I thought it was reflective of the changing times as well. yeah. Like, you know, like you were saying about Superman, but like you were saying about all these things as we change, he for a while was like, no, no, I'll be good-natured about this. Yeah. And then after a while, he's like, no, 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 you know what? I told a story that I really liked and I finished it the way and I, as an artist, am able to say, no, 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 this was my story. Yeah. You didn't fucking make it up.
1: Yeah. And – that article he wrote Those afterwards. Those fucking
0: idiots. Anyone who says, oh, I watched the last episode and it spoiled everything for me, then you're a fucking idiot. Yes. I will back that 100%. Also- Does having a bad day in your life spoil your whole life? Like, I mean, I obviously no. not if something really bad happens. Like, if it's a yeah. bad day where Superman doesn't give a shit about saving you. Well, that's a, I, that's <laughs> a,
1: that does ruin a lot of things retrospectively. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but my point is that, you know, if someone brought you a whole heap of joy and you didn't love the last episode, then- yeah. But right, the the but-
1: problem with endings is it's 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 telling you that all your thoughts are incorrect, right. All the things that you thought might happen didn't happen. So you were wrong. And so if you can kind of embrace that, I, I lost didn't finish the way I expected it to finish. like i was I was going in a slightly different direction as to what I wanted to have happen. but I'm and I loved it. And I also, because people hang so much shit on it, I kind of had started to think, maybe, right. Maybe, you know like like you've put a bit of a cancer in me for the dark knight rises just for that moment where i can't fucking watch that scene where oh where batman goes after <laughs> us
0: i always went no, i'm back <laughs> yeah. to stop you and i always think ando <laughs> like you know i mean i understand but once it, it's it's but it shouldn't be there <laughs> no no I don't, can I mean, we just edit that scene <laughs> out of that film Well, we need to happy. now because it, it, i think of you getting- just walk in oh. and just punch him in the face just
1: smash him on a brilliant anyway. movie and
0: there's no, there's nothing wrong with that movie. It's a great movie. It's <laughs> a great movie.
1: Um, but, you know, so but I started to be a little bit apologetic right. about liking The End of Lost. And it's like, nah, I fucking loved it. I loved it at the time. And when I think about it, and here's the other thing. I have not had one conversation with an arsehole that didn't like it. Who has gotten it right?
0: Right, that's the that is the absolute point. Yes, the minute someone says, "Oh, well, they will just dead the whole time," you're a fucking idiot. Done. I'll, I'm throwing. We the can mic never on the talk again.
1: I feel exactly. I'm not the even same sure way. why I
0: have a mic because we're in public. But you're a fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> They were not dead the whole – oh, my God. But, you know, and now Lindelof is off Twitter. He's gone. So my thing was – this is what I was going to say, sorry, about the ending of Lost is that I think at the time – I probably thought I was like 80%, 85% happy with the last, en- yes. la- last episode. But since I've rewatched it and now I love the story of the ending. Also, the thing that I'd say about Lost is the whole last season is the ending. Mm. Like if you're the sort of person who tuned in – like in the last episode thinking everything get wrapped up. Well, you should have been there three weeks ago when they had an episode that could have been the last episode of any other show. Yeah. And then five weeks ago when they had an episode that could have been the last episode of any other show and you would have been happy. Yeah. Um, And and the thing is – But the second – the thing that I realised that I – the only thing I don't like about the last episode now is I feel like it's just shot a bit weird. Like, you know, it's a bit slow and it's a bit dreamy and it's a bit – Like, and I just didn't like the way – there's a feel to it yeah like I think I would enjoy reading the script of the last episode yeah and I would have like if I if, if it had been linked on the internet it leaked on the internet right and I was so excited about the last episode and knowing and if someone had gone here's the script for the last episode yeah and I had read that you probably never would have been able to like read that script because I just would have jizzed all over it <laughs> and just gone this is perfect and you'd be like can I ever read oh sorry all the pages are stuck together <laughs> it's called Superman's Cockatoo <laughs> <laughs> You can have this cake someone fucked. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I just, I, there was something about the way that it was shot that I didn't quite, and still feels like it doesn't quite gel with me. But the story and the completion of the arc and what they were trying to do, yeah. I actually find really sweet. And, like, you know, I felt like I got all the endings in there that were, you know. You, you, you get indeed. the end
1: of the story and you get the epilogue and it plays out all at the same time.
0: Right. Uh, you know, it- and thematically, if you enjoy the themes of the show, that everything that happened happened, and yeah. all those sort of things, it's very true to all those things. Yeah, it doesn't clear up every mystery or anything like that, but it's very true to everything that they set up and told you.
1: You know, and realistically, uh, like, but there's so much that is kind of explained as it goes. So much, so much of it. Like, yeah. the, about the only thing, like the you know Walt. Like that's that to me is the 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 one thing that I would have liked
0: a little bit more with because but you know yeah I, because what because they were what you mean because of the interest in Walt early on and yeah why, yeah and I just felt like they they just
1: honestly didn't know what to do yeah. with that
0: and I, I see that- I like to think if I could you know uh, yeah my kind of you know and because you can make up your own interpretations of what that ending meant yeah how did they get to. So, oh look, I mean, here's the spoiler of The Lost Ending. But, again, if you haven't fucking watched The Lost, Lost Ending, then you've had heaps of time. Yeah. Um. So, the the common mistake, they're, they're meeting up at a place. Yep. Um. Because they're now all dead. Yes. Right? And they all died at different times. They all died at different times. Some This we is the saw. thing that people don't get. Some of what we... Yes. Some we saw and some we didn't. And this place is a place where you can meet up with the people who you shared... The most most important time of your life.
1: The the moment that defined your life. The
0: moment that defined your life. Yeah. And so some people who were in the story, it isn't – can't join them. Yeah. You know, they aren't there. It wasn't the most important time of their life, right? So that's very interesting to me for a start. Yeah. Um, uh, They all died at different times. Some people thought that's like uh, like a purgatory or some people like... yeah. It, so the people who misinterpreted thought they all died in the fucking plane crash at the start. Yeah. Well, if you think that, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And if you think that's the reason last episode shit, you're a fucking idiot. Yes. Square. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's just not what happened. It's not what happened. So the idea that they all died and, you know, it came here. Now, what that place is was never really set. No. Right? It could be whatever you wanted it to be. I, in in my version of that story, when Hurley and Walt were on the island, I, there's a part of me that was like, well, Walt was the one who would learn how to truly work with the island and yeah. be in touch with that. Yeah. And as we learn in this story, if you're a person who can control the power of the island or work with the power of the island, then all these incredible things are possible, Yeah. right? Yeah. So... There's part of me that thinks that was a place that, like, it was kind of a place that Hurley and Walt... Yeah, that's a good one. ...provided for them yep. as a thank... And the island provided for them because, in my mind, these were the most important people yeah. in the history of the island. Yeah. So the island gave Walt, who was the one who had the most natural capacity to do, you know, do these things, yeah, the capacity to give them somewhere that they could, you know, all meet up again and be together and blah, yep. blah, blah. Now that isn't necessarily a thing that other people think about the ending of that show or whatever.
1: No, but but that's the it way could it would, be way but that's the way it was designed, it, right? It yeah. was designed to interact. Yeah. It was an interactive show all very early on. What's what's your theory on what the island was? Do you have a theory?
0: No, not really. I didn't, it didn't really ever interest me.
1: The uh, I, I I always liked the idea that the island was the, the mythological uh, Garden of Eden that had, you know, over time because of uh, the way the continents move and everything had just become dislodged and that's that's where it was, you know. One day it will end up and it was... It's not necessarily the Garden of Eden but it's the thing that
0: gave birth to the myth of it. and I, it, I never cared. Like, isn't no. that weird? Like, the, some people were obsessed with what what the fuck is the island? Yeah. And I was just like, weird shit happens all the time.
1: Oh, I have to also say, I, I, <laughs> I only came up with this theory years later when I had time to think about it. And no,
0: but I- I'm not even saying that about you. I just yeah. mean that, like, this is a thing that we all... Rec- Sometimes, like, things are really important to people and you're like, oh, no, no, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. but you- by the way, I'm fine in Superman with the fact that he can fucking fly. Oh, I'm completely That fine Russell Crowe can fucking ride a dragon even though he's a scientist, and that makes no fucking sense because apparently in their world you're only programmed to be one thing. Yeah. That's why Zod, if you look at the logic through that is can only, you know, work in the order of like restoring right. Krypton, right? Right. And he doesn't care about anybody else. And right. there's that really lovely scene, yeah. you know, at the end where he talks about the idea that like, you know Well that's why I
1: don't see it as a murder scene. I see it as a suicide scene. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like,
0: I don't mind that either. But, yeah. I mean, I know that he was trying to kill – like, I mean, he was – I don't think he was trying to stop being killed in that moment. Uh, like, I don't think that he thought that um, that he would not actually kill him. I think there was a bit of, like, both in there. Like, yeah, this is yeah. going one way or the other. Uh, yeah. He, he, but my point is, like – if that's true, then what the fuck is Russell Crowe doing riding a dragon and punching people out? It makes no sense. He's this? a he's a scientist. He's an he's an action scientist. And he also shouldn't be doing natural <laughs> fucking with his wife. He's a scientist, right? But I didn't care about that. No. Because that's in space. Yeah he's way, riding a dragon. You know what my favourite moment
1: was? <laughs> was uh, the, because it, it's Russell Crowe. And I fucking love the gravitas that yeah. he brings to this scene. Uh, when he's
0: closing doors with his hand.
1: Oh, I loved it. <laughs> and I also love when he says, uh, he says uh, uh, hit that wall and he breaks it and he looks and Russell Crowe just looks at the fucking earth and he looks at Lois Lane and he just, with all the gravitas and you know that he talks to his kids like this, he just looks at Superman and goes, you can save them. You can save them all, and then he just floats back like Super Jesus, and fucking turns around and does it. I was into that like there was no tomorrow, oh, and there wouldn't have been if I lived in Metropolis. There
0: was fucking heaps of things in that movie that I was into. Like, yeah, I don't mean to, and this I guess like was why I was so frustrated with it because I thought that I mean it's the best flying in a Superman movie I've ever seen. Breathtaking. It looked amazing. That was shot and when he comes scenes, over the earth, right? And those scenes when they're fighting, and that when he tries to get away, and they like gets grabbed in the air, like. Oh, Crowd-
1: the physics of superhero fighting were out of this Unreal. world.
0: Out of this world. Like, you know, so I, there was yeah. definitely like some stuff that I really
1: enjoyed. I do like that you have seen it three times, even though you have huge frustrations with it. I know.
0: But the worst thing about that is that each time I both am reminded of the things I like about <laughs> yes. it and the things that I hate about it. Yeah. Like, for example, another thing, again, is that idea of, I don't mind the idea that like if you'd set him up as a drifter who was clearly looking for some sort of clue to his where he was from and his childhood and that sort of thing or that for reasons he couldn't understand yep. he was being drawn towards yes. something but in the movie it was just like he was working bar jobs and hitchhiking and then he stumbled upon a spaceship like,
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: uh, look I, like I, there I, were plenty of ways they could have made that work with not much more work that was my issue do you know what I mean like it's not like
1: I agree w- look what like <laughs> even even with my uh, my my uh, an affection for Zach, who sent me a, sign a good friend bunch of yours. Men, yeah, uh, after the thing I did for your him. mate
0: Zach. Let's just assume my pal that if you're listening, Zach, and he's still listening. Yeah, firstly, good on you. Yeah, I understand the irony in a like a podcast where I've talked about haters on the internet and how we should all just love things that I've spent a lot of time picking flaws in your movie. So I but, appreciate that if you listened through this far, my friend. By the way, by the uh, way, I, I
1: think you've, you're working through some
0: of that. If you want to make little soups. We are here. <laughs> I will send you some ideas <laughs> and some pictures with a Black Lois Lane, also a midget, little person. Whatever you want, <laughs> yeah, I'm we'll, fine. We're we'll, got to get this. Vern right. Troyer is both. Vern Troyer plays oh. a Black Lois Lane and Little <laughs> Soups. Little Soups.
1: Yeah. My God, and he could play Clark. Uh, he could play Lex Luther, Little Lex. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's with the shaved head. I um. Oh, hang on. What were okay, we uh, saying before that? The I was just saying, if Zack Snyder has listened this far, oh, I was going to ask you this: What do you think the movie would have been like if Christopher Nolan had taken the reins and directed it? Better, yeah. So do I, yeah. And that, that, uh, yeah, because I was kind of watching it and thinking, better, yeah, because Nolan would have just all had of those them are beds.
0: there, all the ingredients are there.
1: He just wouldn't have stuck his dick in the cake. He, you know what? He wouldn't have his his dick's in his suit, right? Right? Yeah, his yeah. dick's not coming out. It's not coming out. And I dig that about Nolan. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, no, I thought there was plenty there. I didn't mind the actual take and the storyline, and there were so many things in it that I went, that could have been much more interesting. I just don't feel... uh, It quite got there. That it it quite got there. But Little Soups, coming soon. (laughs) Who would... Okay, if we were going to cast Little Soups... Now, not everyone else is Little. Only Superman's Little. Yeah. Right, so we're recasting. None of the cast from this Superman film want to be involved. Not at all. Right, it's a spin-off. Yes. Little Soups. Yeah. And so, we've got Vern Troyer is Little Soups. Yep. Now, we need... Who's going to be the main villain against Little... Lex Luthor, I imagine, is the main villain against Little Soups, right? Yep. We could have
1: we could have Bizarro, Little Soups, mm. who's seven foot. Do you know what
0: I mean? Because Bizarro Superman's always oh, different. Oh, that's, that's actually really good. I like yep. that. So, he has to fight someone who's really big. Because it's a yep. David and Goliath story. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I like that. Yep. Um, so, who's seven foot? <laughs> Who was... Do we uh, like it can be like who's the biggest dude in uh, the Rock? Rock. I was saying I was thinking the Rock. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So uh, and he's uh, Vern Troyer and the Rock in yeah. Little Soups. Okay, beautiful. Good. Bizarro. Yep. Uh,
1: but do we keep
0: Lex Luthor as a uh, oh, as a little person? Yeah. Well, we could. Well, I, I th- can't we? Um, can Vern Troyer play Lex Luthor and Little Soups? That could be interesting. Or that'd be good. Or Can do you imagine? Get... Because they're kind of like you're meant to see that they're opposite sides of the same yes. person. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. interesting, isn't Berne it? Troyer plays like much like his like you know, mini me character. Yeah. Because that's a Lu- Lex Luthor style character anyway. Yeah. So he's got his mini me uh, style uh, Doctor Evil. Yeah. And uh, but Lex Luthor and his little soups. Yeah. Right, this is good. I like yep. it. This is coming together with the Rock with There's the Bizarro Rock. Superman. Right. Okay. Brilliant. Uh, we, we need, need a lower lane.
1: We need a lowest lane. What 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 do we want? What do we want? Uh do we do we want to go young? Do we want to do we want someone with uh, gravitas? Helen Mirren. <laughs> no, I reckon Helen Mirren is a female Perry White. <laughs> oh, great. P E R I Perry White. <laughs> oh, Perry White. Yeah.
0: Oh, so she yeah, okay good. She will be very good I at love Perry it. White. Yeah, Helen Mirren is Perry White. Man, she you know she'll bring some good arguments. Jimmy Olsen, do we have a Jimmy Olsen? We need a Jimmy Olsen.
1: I was thinking I can't quite think of the guy's name, but he's in the American version of Being Human. <laughs> 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 if anyone can quickly send it to my head so I know, Sam Worthington, it's not Sam Worthington. Sam, but, but not that, Sam Worthington. Not so, should be Sam Worthington.
0: We'll cast Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington yeah, as, as Jimmy really, Olsen mate 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 I got some fucking photos of Superman mate well I'll tell you fucking something about Superman mate never helped his mate fucking lift a couch and fucking I just work as a fucking labourer on the side mate not like fucking Superman with his fancy oh I'm a fucking reporter and I'm also a fucking criminal mate oh my well, god well we just live on this big ball of mud <laughs> and uh, alright we should finish up
1: uh, a bit of Jimmy Olsen is good though yeah <laughs> An angry bitter Jimmy Olsen brings something to the Mythos that no one has ever thought of. <laughs>
0: Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, Justin Hamilton, uh, tell people where they can find you on the World Wide Web. You can listen to my podcast, Can You Take This Photo,
1: please, Uh, through iTunes or through the website. I've been blogging about every gig that I do this year. You can check that out, justinhamilton.com.au. For Melbourne people, I'll be at The Shelf from the 18th of November, tickets through the Toffin Town. And for people in Sydney, I'll be doing a solo show on the 29th of November. You can get tickets for that at the Comedy Store.
0: Uh, I am doing my trial shows at the Sydney Comedy Store for my brand new tour. As of uh, this Thursday, uh, the last tour finished on Friday, so I don't have any material yet. But the first, they're only fifteen bucks. Yep. Um, the first few will probably be mostly improv shows, but like you know, I think that people who've seen me do those stellar shows before, you'll you'll hopefully will enjoy that. Oh, they're
1: always interesting. I think they will be fifteen w- bucks worth of without a at doubt. least. Well, I'm going to come and watch all
0: three, so you can come and sit with me. And uh, maybe I'll come and sit with you if it's not going well. And <laughs> Maybe you could get up. And then if you're the sort of person that um, the week uh, uh, that you like to see my ideas develop a bit more before you come and see $15 shows, uh, I'm also doing the next week as well. So yeah, you can right. make your choices on whether you want to see it at a, like, Raw. I have nothing and see how that goes. Or you want to see it, you know, take your chances and kind of, you know, come the week after. But yep. uh, those shows are all on sale. If you like the show, please rate it on iTunes. I haven't mentioned that for a while. And if you like any quotes from the show, put them on Twitter or Tumblr with the hashtag quotes. And uh, they will get ret- retweeted and uh, people kind of, you know, more people follow the show. Uh, the live episode recorded at the LA Podcast Festival, uh, I do have that and I'm going to put that up soon. Um, I'm just leaving it for a little while because I don't have any Dave Anthony episodes up my sleeve uh, yeah. and I won't see him for a bit. So I, I want to leave a Dave for a special occasion, but uh, it is coming soon. Uh, we're going to have some new t-shirts. Uh, so that's exciting, but um, we're going to work on those for a month or so and we'll let you know when they're going to come out. So uh Thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you soon.